0: What up, what up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Hump Day Wednesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Doseckis, Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877 737 Grind is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, give us a call. The only thing we really ask is you call during the uh, breaks and then uh, pretty much be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind if you need to reach out to me and follow me on Twitter, it again, it is at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live, okay, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment. Or you can go ahead and go to the purse, person, my personal page and you can stream the show live and leave comments. Um, as well also and I'll respond to those and read those live on air or I'll respond to those later and also if you ever miss any of the shows live you can go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast 365 and not only that if you are in a market that doesn't have us terrestrial or you tune in to the market and we're getting preempted by Rangers or Astros make sure you go to the same website as well also and you can click listen live and we'll be there 87737 grind what's up mr clark ready to rock and roll all right man it is a hump day for me all right on wednesday morning oh man just one slow motion after another slow motion of stuff had to get done but we're here i'm here and we've got uh some stuff to get to we've got to first of all We crowned another champion, this time in the NHL. I'll touch on that here shortly. Um, Also, we've got other things going. You know, this is, I haven't brought it up. We're like less than 24 hours away, but, you know, it is U.S. Open Week. Uh, This is the third major of the year uh, that's taking place. And actually, you know, they're hosting this one at the Los Angeles Country Club, uh don't me personally don't have too much history with this course don't know if it's been here before i'm pretty sure if it has speaking of the u.s open it's probably been a while um you know i know uh mr roberts manager of the dodgers i was listening to him pre-game on the dodgers network yesterday evening i know one of the uh, i think one of the golfers is a big dodgers fan i mean he's getting to walk the course with him today so people in la is kind of excited the u.s opens there but you know the The PGA has been in news, obviously uh, For other reasons, major reasons Besides just the third major on the year And, of course, we've been talking about it And that's the tour lib situation And uh, as of yesterday It was circulating that PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan Is going to take a leave uh, of absence Recovering from a medical procedure that he had done Um Look, okay, um, I'm not telling you that he didn't have a medical procedure, but the first time when when this came across my radar, I was like, you know what, he might have, he might need some time off, but I'm going to tell you this right now, this is the perfect time. Because I would hate to sit here and say, oh, he's lying. He didn't have no procedure. And basically, you know, he's fighting cancer or something like that. So I'm not going to go there. But what I will say, whether he had a procedure or not, this is the perfect opportunity for the PGA and the players and the powers of B to move him out and to replace him. Um, And I'm not going to totally just. You know, dump on Jay because in saying the whole tour live situation and how this developed was all his fault on him. I think the PGA was kind of caught off guard a little bit, or pretty much one of those like, yeah, we've heard this before. Who's behind it, Greg Norman? Oh yeah, okay. And then basically it happens, and then two years you're getting caught up in legal battles and legal fees and everything like that, where you've got to almost pretty much what it looks to me and the rest of the the public is scream uncle and just give in. And um, I said it when we talked about it weeks ago, I've been saying it for the last year or so, it was just bad leadership, I believe, from the PGA standpoint to where they caved in way too early. They, I mean, to me, if you were gonna be caught up in a couple years of legal battle just to sit there and say, hey, we don't have the money or we're not gonna spend millions and millions of dollars down the drain fighting the Saudis, Then you should have just basically went ahead and just doubled down and just said, hey, you know what, you go over there, you defected, you crossed over, you're not playing the majors, you're not playing anything over here and let the legal and then deal with it legal. But they didn't. And then they end up basically getting to this point. And based off of the information that leaked out of the players slash J phone call conference meeting of about 200 players. And really, we're talking about the bottom feeders. We know that it got heated. And I believe there's a lot of guys on the tour that want him out because of this. Because for one, they stood loyal. They didn't get the money. I don't know how, you know, they say that they're going to find a way to make hole on that. I don't know how that's possible. I think that's just kicking the can down the street. I just feel like, hey, if you had the guts, the cojones to go ahead and cross over and get your bag, you won. So, to me, um, hope nothing serious is wrong with him, but I think even if this is true, that he's really out because of medical absence, I still think, and it's a cutthroat business, I mean, it's a cutthroat uh, in this world, period, that we live in right now, whether it's sports or the real life, they're going to find this way just to feed him out, and I think I forgot my man's name, they've already put the guy in that's going to basically be taking his place, why he's quote-unquote recovering, so... That definitely is going to be a topic over the next 44 days out in Cali as uh, we get ready for the U.S. Open. This is probably, I know everybody says the Masters and the Masters, and I think because of Tiger, Masters is up there with me. But I think, I've, I've said this before, I think out of all the four majors, the U.S. Open is probably my favorite. Because due to the fact that the U.S. Open now... Over the last seven, eight years, sprinkled here and there, they've gotten a little bit soft, the USGA, in my opinion, because, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, even in the early 90s, really mid 90s, even before I became, you know, paying attention to golf. Even I knew US Opens were supposed to be about testing the mental toughness and the skill level from your accuracy to irons to putting that the course is supposed to be hard, hard, tough to play. Almost to the borderline where you got guys showing up on Tuesday, Wednesday. We, you know, it's fine to make it tough, but we don't want to make it unfair. I love hearing those comments, being like, "Good." I like to see the greatest golfers in the world have to struggle or have to outlast each other. So I don't know anything about this course, but it's for me, the U.S. Open has always been one of my favorites because of the daunting task what's supposed to lie ahead of them. Now. We'll see in regards to how this course plays, and we'll see you know tomorrow who's kind of. I haven't even looked at who probably your normal prospects and suspects are pretty much the favorites. You know, I know Brooks Keps is coming off of his uh, win that he got, uh, so I know that he's probably ready to go. Uh, you know, he's got the red ass. He don't even want to answer questions about it. Well, I've been focused on majors. I stay focused. It's probably why I've been pretty good at them. I'm like, all right, Brooks. Like, all I know is what Brooks was, and I like Brooks Kepka, I really do. The young guys, Brooks, Jordan Spieth, those are really the only, and, and um, what's my other man's name? They're the only three guys that I really pretty much, uh, Jason Day. Those are the three guys that I really only cut for from the young group. But I will tell you this in Brooks Kepka, it's like when he had his wrist injury and he was his game was struggling for the last couple of years, you couldn't hear from Brooks, you couldn't see him. Since he got over his mental and health with his wrist, and he won all. He's at the Florida Panthers game. He's been at the Heat's game. He's been everywhere where the cameras can find him. And he shows up to the U.S. Open talking kind of greasy. So we'll see. This thing gets going tomorrow. Um, And it's crazy. I think that they paired. I think there's a Rory. And who do they pair him to? It's an interesting pairing. It has something to do with the back and forth with the live. But they stuck Rory in an interesting pairing. I forgot Jonas to let me know in a little bit who he's paired with the first round. But you have that going on. Also, NFL, we're in the middle of um, OTAs, mandatory OTAs, before this will be the last you know, mandatory thing most teams will do until they break and come back for camp. We've got a cryptid IG message from... Um, Digs, and we have him showing up today at mandatory minicamp. Okay, um, definitely want to circle around to that. The Patriots sources out of there saying they believe that they had a positive meeting with DeAndre Hopkins, but there's a report out of the from the Athletic. In regards to they have some concerns with Juju, and I definitely want to talk and discuss that as well. You have baseball that's continuing to go on. The Angels take game two of a four-game series against the Rangers. Uh, Last night, they did them in seven to three. That's two in a row now. Uh, You know, the Rangers is a long season. They've been balling, but the Angels has probably been one of those teams other than what Otani is doing. That's been kind of under the radar as well. Trevor Bauer for speaking of the Dodgers, former Dodger pitcher Trevor Bauer is back in the news, supposedly has another sexual assault allegation against him. Uh, definitely want to dive into that there's some other things in regards to that as well too that he was kind of involved in or being alleged accused of and i just have a problem with the situation he's put himself in uh but i'm totally not trying he's over in japan playing right now uh because you know he's he's i mean he served one of the longest suspension under that rule that anybody has um you know served for what he was involved with but i'll give you my comments on that um also what else do we got here uh nba you know we just crowned uh, the champion i think out in colorado i think their parade is tomorrow uh from what my sources are telling me uh but the one thing i wanted to bring up nba i know we've got the draft tomorrow uh, or next week is it next thursday or tomorrow
1: it's next week we're eight days away. okay so eight
0: days away i thought it was tomorrow but it's next thursday um you know this this popovich contract situation is very is getting weird to me um and maybe it's only getting more weird to me because i feel like the locals in this region aren't talking enough about it uh per se um he's still on under, under, not under contract i i want to give my thoughts as when we circle back to that but yeah you know jonas might be on to something here in regard to this, because this is very weird to me. And it's and not only the fact that he's under contract. I mean, there's only been one sighting of him so far, from what I've heard, and that was when somebody called him. He's over in France or Italy or somewhere, a few, or I think it was a couple days after the draft, uh, the lottery, excuse me, was over. So we'll circle back with that. But first, uh, let's put a bow on the hockey season. Uh, the Vegas Knights are world champions. Only six years in existence into the NHL. I think they tied uh, – they're up there as one of the quickest champions for a um, new team um, that's into any league. Uh, the Marlins, I think, are up there when you look at the grand scheme of things. Uh, but, you know, look, the owner called his shot when he brought the team to Vegas or when he, you know – Won the bid to create this franchise team, another team in the NHL, and put them out in the desert. He said within six years, and I heard the clip finally last night. He said, "Yeah, six years." He goes, "There's no excuse." He goes, "It's all about winning," and he goes, "That's what it's going to be." And sure enough, I mean, hell, they knocked on the door the first year, okay, and then got their hearts taken out. I think they lost to the Rangers that year. I can't remember. Um, I don't know who. It was. Maybe it was the Rangers. Maybe it was the Capitals. I don't know. Can't remember. But. Five years later, they get it done in the sixth year what he's predicted. Um, the, the thing with me is, and not to really break this down, because where it means in hockey history or whatever, because y'all know I don't go there, but I will say if you look in the grand scheme of things, this is two world titles for the state of Nevada and the city of Las Vegas in a calendar year. You have the Vegas Aces, and then you have the Vegas Knights. Um. I've been saying this, I think, with the explosion um, of sports gambling ever since Governor Christie uh, won and challenged the state of Nevada Nevada for a monopoly and got New Jersey to be legalized for sports betting and the gates opened to other states to join if they wanted to. I think that Vegas was always destined to really, and I think probably in the next Five years tops, they're going to be it's going to be the sports capital of the country, because eventually you're going to have all four major North American sports over there. Um, You know, there's a lot of desert and land out there to go ahead and expand and expand uh, when you talk about stadiums and stuff. But that's pretty impressive due to the fact that, you know, just about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, it was unthought of that there could be any professional sports in Vegas. Um, because the whole worry about corruption and gambling and stuff, and just to think they've got two championships and a calendar year, okay. Um, and the Vegas Knights, I don't, you know, me personally, I don't think they're going to be going anywhere anytime soon. I've told you the Vegas Aces are not going anywhere over the next couple years anytime soon, as long as Becky's there and as long as some of their young core is still there, they're going to be competitive. It's good they hold it down because the football team that jumped in the pool over there at second hall, they, they might be a ways off. They might be a ways off before they basically can have their parade, you know, down there. So what is that? The standard parade in Vegas is just down the strip? Or what? I mean, is you know, when you have I mean, I know the uh Nuggets are gonna have theirs tomorrow, uh, in Colorado, but I think and if I'm not mistaken, I think the Aces had theirs or did theirs, I believe, um, kind of where the strip was. But is that the is that just going to be the norm, I guess? I mean, where else are you supposed to have a lot of...
1: Uh, that would be my question. Where yeah. else would you do it? What yeah. What more iconic place? Uh, if you're looking for eyes, if you're looking for, you know, for the video sake and then for pictures uh, and posterity, what better backdrop than all the casinos?
0: And they're the one town that would probably be in a championship. You think like when you go and see the footage tomorrow that comes out of Colorado for the Nuggets Parade, and you know, keep in mind. Speaking of a calendar year, hell, they just had an avalanche parade just a year ago. So in the calendar, I mean, so they had the Nuggets. I mean, they had the avalanche over a year ago. The Nuggets gonna have the parade. They say things coming through. Y'all you know, be watch out now, okay? Uh, but the thing about it is, when you watch this tomorrow and you watch most parades anywhere, it's usually like it's the community, it's the hometown diehard fans that have been with that team from this and this, and it's 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 ours. I feel like kind of the drawback in Vegas, you win a title and you have a parade, you could have tour, half the people in the crowd's going to be tourists, they're probably not even from Vegas, that's not even from there, so I thought about that, I'm like, you know what, I bet you a parade to celebrate in Vegas for, for a world championship, I don't know if it has that same warm feeling, probably pissed off everybody's native from Nevada, but it probably has a different feeling than you say when you win one from any other place. Half the people at that Vegas night parade—they said that they showed the camera there last night. They had everybody viewing. Everybody's going crazy, anticipating they're going to win. I'm like, half of them people are from somewhere else and just it. Oh, this is a party tonight in Vegas. That's that's the way I look at
1: Plus, it. Texas is turning into that anyway.
0: So if a Texas team were to win, no stop, no stop. We're we're tourist attraction for other reasons. You listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. We'll be back. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecco's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 87737 Grind, and this next segment. Okay, is going to be sponsored by Specs. Alright. There's nothing like a rival of spring in the company smell of fresh cut prices in the air at specs. Nobody does wine like Specs with a Texas-sized selection of world-class wines at lower prices. You'll find the perfect zine for spring at Specs. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys all right so props to the knights man um they're able to uh take it home and like i said that's um that's pretty crazy you know due to the fact that you put the uh grand scheme and the big scope together that the state of nevada and the city of las vegas got two world championships in less than a calendar year what do you got
1: and that throws a wrench into your it comes in threes theory because is it going to be Denver or would it be the Raiders? You know, uh, coming out of that for, uh, to make that three um, or triumvirate uh, work for you, or could getting the A's be enough to call it a win for for Vegas?
0: No, we have we. They got to go with championship parade, so you have to have officially parades. And I would tell you, um, the Raiders. I mean. They might not make it out of preseason, let alone going to the Super Bowl. Raiders, have, they've, they've got some more work to do um, on the defensive side. They really didn't address that enough, in my opinion. And not only that, I've told you, if if Jimmy's not ready to go and they have to sign Carson Wentz, Devontae Adams is going to show his true colors and he's going to destroy that locker room. You heard it first. When the The only way that I'm wrong on that is if they come out winning. If they're winning, like every whoever, the, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is as long as you're getting W's. But if you start losing and you catching L's, I haven't even looked at their schedule yet to start. I know they start on, I know they start in Colorado week one. But if they if they end up having this tough stretch to open with and they start two or three games under 500, and Devontae Adams ain't getting his numbers, he's going to be giving a lot of subliminals on social media to the media down there, and it's going to be a you-know-what show. I promise you that. Because you got to understand, he has a lot of venom left up in him because they lied to him. They traded his best friend away. They lied to him to get him there. But anyway, all right, keeping it moving here. So props to the Knights. Um, also, we can start with the NFL, though, um, and the other big news. Well, news. I won't say it's big news, but it's news. The Rams have restructured Cooper Cup's contract to create $10.44 million in cap space. Um if you start looking, look, the the Rams have – everybody knows it's covered football or covered the NFL, that the Rams' roosters was going to be coming home to roost winning that Super Bowl. And you're going to have to pay the bill. And the bill is still being paid. And part of this is going to players to get cap relief. Now, with this said, when, when Cooper signed his new deal – was it la- before last year's season, or was it before the season of last? When how long ago was it when he signed his new contract?
1: I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure it was after the Super Bowl when everybody got paid, which would put that to last
0: spring. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it would be because Donald got a new contract,
1: right. Stafford got a new deal, and I'm pretty sure because I remember us saying like, how are they collective? doing? Where are they
0: getting this?" They had Marty doing their books from Ozarks. Yeah, that's right. Well. Again, I guess that's – it It goes back, and I'm going to stay consistent because we we had this talk and this debate. You pushed back a little bit when I was talking about the contract restructuring going on. Um, And I know it's kind of the norm, but it's still one of those that it's another version to manipulate the system when you go and you are Kroenke, who pretty much is just stacking titles, you know, one with the Nuggets, um, when you are cronky and, and you Yeah, and you basically give all this money out and you shell all this money out, but then it's like, Okay, in a couple of years, less than a year, we're gonna come and tell you to move money around and restructure it. It's still manipulating the cap. Still manipulating the cap. so. Um, but my question, what I don't know off the top of my head, what intrigues me is where are they, what are they looking to do? They must be getting ready to add, or they might want to go out and get somebody. Maybe they want to get in the Delvin Cook sweepstakes, um, you know, possibly. I, I mean, would we say they need – they probably wouldn't need Hopkins, I don't think. There has to be something, maybe an offensive lineman – a defensive lineman or maybe going after Delvin Cook is the reason why you're coming to Cooper to restructure his deal.
1: According to Cameron De Silva of Yahoo Sports, um, the Rams only had uh, $1.3 million in cap space before mo- this move, which mm-hmm. will now give them around 11. And they had yet to sign their draft class. They still have players that they selected back in April. Uh-huh. That they still haven't been able to sign so a deal there, because a draft this could be class. it could it could be that um, it could be a pass rusher, an additional pass rusher. I, now you, that you now s- have to address your secondary because you moved Ramsey, like it, there could be those factors too. But. Now,
0: now that you say that, I, I I didn't even think of that. I would say that I would lean to that being the favorite, probably more than really targeting a particular player it's just cause you gotta be able to sign your draft class and that is and you know and sometimes I forget that but the average fan also forgets that that's part of the salary cap too. Like when you're when you're talking about these third or fourth rounders, second rounders, right? Focus on the first rounds, but when you talk about even guys in the fifth, sixth round, you gotta sign your draft to rookies to contracts, and that goes against the cap. So I would probably say, I mean not it wouldn't surprise me if it's a Delvin Cook or a pass rusher. If you look at the Rams really coming in this year, I mean the one thing you got Stafford coming back, a lot of people people. People ready to put him out to pasture. A lot of people thought he was going to retire, especially after winning the Super Bowl, going through an injury riddle season like he did last year, uh, and making a lot of money, you would think. But Matthew said, "Uh, I don't know who y'all talk to. I know my wife might want, but this is my decision. I'm coming back. So if you look at their problems last year, the big one, they're getting their guy back. But the other big problem that they really had, more than even skill positions, is their offensive line was decimated with injuries, and they were horrible. In the retirement of Whitworth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they were, well, I think they planned for that. I think they, what they didn't plan for is basically losing like three starting offensive linemen in the first four or five weeks of the season. Um, but so if you want to talk about going to cup to free up money or to get him, restra- if it's not about just the undrafted rookie, which with that report, that's what it's about. I mean, if they only had 1. What, two? you said, uh, they have 1.3, 1.3. um,
1: uh, in space. And then they draft, they drafted, um, looking at their class right now, 14 guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that's what it's about. Good call on that one. That that's what that's about. That's Cameron but, De Silva. Yahoo sports. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Cameron is right on that because you can't be thinking about, You know, even if you need an off, because where I was going with that take was say, if they're going to add anybody, it's got to get probably just keep upgrading the offensive line, uh, you know, because of Matthew Stafford. But, you know, it's funny they go to Coop. Have have they gone to or has he offered? They ain't gone to Donald Aaron yet to talk about restructuring his money yet, probably, have they? If we did, we might have missed it. But you would think that he, if it's really about draft class rookies and maybe adding somebody, go to Big Aaron and ask him to restructure. But we'll see. They do that and he might retire. (laughs) Well, he threatened it the year before after the Super Bowl just so he can get another payday. Um, I'm going to tell you this right now. There's rumblings out there on that side of the coast. Don't be surprised if the Rams, you know, decide just to punt on 2023 so they can go get the hometown kid or their, their neighbor over there at USC and Mr. Caleb Williams. It's being floated out there. This ain't the NBA. It's not that easy to do. What you saw the San Antonio Spurs do for Wemby, you really can't pull that off in the NFL, in my opinion. There's too many jobs. There's too many jobs on the line. Even if you, The only closest thing you could do is play a bunch of young guys and just see what happens. But at the end of the day, NBA, the difference of it is you got guaranteed contracts, buddy. There's guaranteed money in the NFL. There's guys making about close to a little over six figures a year. Barely. That could be on special teams or basically second or third string. And you put bad film out there. If you just go out there to lose, I'm not going to try. Your ass going to get cut and be without a job. And you don't know who the next coach is coming in. That's going to clean slate. That's why I've never bought into really the tanking situation in the NFL. It's just tough. But with all that said. There's things you can try to do, but if that was the case, you know, Matthew Stafford coming back, I don't think Matthew be any plan of that. But there will be some teams that's looking to punt after week five or six and get in the Caleb Williams sweet stakes. But Cooper Cup is going to restructure his contract and hopefully they can get their draft picks uh signed off of that. you listen to Sports Grind, the number is eight seven seven three seven grind. Also, uh what else do we got here? Um In the NFL, you also have the news of I talked to you about the DeAndre Hopkins situation, which they believe that the meetings went uh, pretty good. Uh, But I think you have a situation where what's alarming to me about that is the Pats. There's an athletic story out there in the athletic that says that the Patriots are nervous uh, about Juju being ready at the start of this, even the start of camp, let alone the start of the season. And when I started looking at exactly, I think it was, what, $25 million that they gave Juju in a contract? I don't know how much of that was guaranteed. But when you look at, because I totally forgot that Juju had a procedure done. Go ahead. What do you got?
1: Uh, it's a one-year, $8 million contract.
0: Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm. let me correct that. Okay. Um, when you look at, I didn't even realize that Juju had had a procedure done. OK, um, and the Patriots were kind of aware of this, that he had this procedure done. You want to correct that? What do you got?
1: I do. Yeah. Uh, so three year, twenty five million dollar contract, 25.5, uh, sixteen
0: million guaranteed. Right. But it was but I was right on the twenty five. It was like twenty-five million. Yeah, five. OK, that's the that's the circle that that's the point of this whole segment and this whole take. Because we talked about, I talked about it for the few days that I feel that in order, they're really, yes, we've got a question on what is really the market for DeAndre Hopkins, considering his age, considering the number he's probably asking for. And you have to really ask, are the Patriots really bidding against themselves? And I told you for DeAndre, with no Tom Brady there, probably not a Super Bowl team this year. What would be the incentive to go live in Foxborough and play in New England? and that would have to be overpaying for Hopkins. But when I look at this Juju situation and contract and them knowing that he had a procedure... And this is, according to reports of The Athletic, this is the reason why they're kind of pursuing DeAndre Hopkins. The amount of money that they gave Juju, which I believe for a fact they they bid it on themselves, there was not that huge of a market for Juju, even coming off the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. To give him that type of contract and knowing that procedure, that sounds like so unlike Bill Belichick-like. And it also shows you how desperate they are to get offensive weapons in New England and how hard it is. I can that that sounds like so unlike Bill Belichick to invest that kind of money into a guy. And pre, especially a wide receiver that, you know, you know, that had work. Hell, Jimmy pretty much kept that to the vest to get his deal done with the Raiders. That didn't really come out until after I mean, Well, first of all, he had the surgery after he signed the contract with the Raiders. They kind of knew because they put clauses in the contract. But my point being is that that that's kind of um, that's desperation. That's really desperation. But look, again, I keep saying this. If you want to know the biggest effect of not having Tom Brady and Bill Belichick not having Tom Brady, this is it. It's not so much trying to figure out how do you win on Sundays, Thursdays and Mondays. But it's more about taking this, you know, working on a budget, being frugal like Bill likes to do. How do you get guys to come and play? It used to be like, hey, take this money. You're going to play with Tom Brady. You don't have that luxury anymore. So you got to go do this. But that is that surprising to me. That's surprising to me to give him when I saw that I was like, first of all, I had no idea Juju was having work done. And for them to say this, because I'm thinking you're just trying to go after DeAndre Hopkins to add to to help Mac Jones out to really figure out like, OK, do we have something in Mac Jones? I know we went to the playoffs his first year. I believe Bill screwed him over last year with the no offensive coordinator, not hiring a real offensive coordinator. But does he have enough weapons to find out exactly, you know, what he's about? And I thought that was the pursuit of going to get DeAndre Hopkins, not as an insurance policy to Juju. But we'll see. Hopefully Juju's ready to go at the beginning of the season. I mean, if he's not going to be held out of camp or go to camp as long as he's ready by September. 877-37-GRIND Keeping it moving, sticking to the NFL um, You have rookie Rookie running back out of Detroit Okay, Um, uh, Jameer Gibbs Former Alabama running back He said, hey man, the NFL practice, they're easy Nick Saban tried to kill us Had us in full pads Hot temperatures Hitting for hours Now, I've heard these reports come out of Alabama before with players leaving. Um, It doesn't surprise me, but I would tell Jameer, slow down a little bit. Like, well, first of all, you got to understand there's no union in college football. The union had to have allowed the NFL to where, first of all, I I just found this out this morning. I mean, if you're a veteran, they can't even keep them in the building more than 10 hours in a day or I think eight, to 10 hours in a day. That's number one. But we got to make sure that we we give guys time off in OTAs because that's just what we got to do. Anyway, the point being, I would tell Jameer to hold your horses because you're not even in pads yet. No one's hit you yet. No one's doing anything. The CBA doesn't allow it. So now, even when the season starts, I mean, we know you can't have two a days anymore. In training camp. They did away with that. But I get what Jameer's saying, because I've heard this before, come out of Alabama. But I would tell him I think it's premature just to sit there and say NFL practices are easy because Nick tried to have us a pattern to kill us. Yes, it, it's gonna feel easy if you run if you rolling around and running around in shorts, and you basically just going through concepts and learning, you know, offensive plays, situational football, and doing conditioning. But Jameer Gibbs' situation with the Detroit Lions is going to be very interesting in regards to the depth that they have at running back. And I think Gibbs, there's a lot of people that were surprised that Detroit took him. That First of all, that anybody took Gibbs. he went. They took Gibbs in what, the second round, I believe? No, the he, third? Was first. I think oh, first. he was
1: first. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he was sixth overall. Um, he was the first of the Lions' two first-round picks. I think, they picked, I think they picked six and uh, 12, but he was – that was the real shocker. He was uh, he went of, the first round. Yeah, he, well, and then yeah. well, he went top ten.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's one of those situations to where um, you believe in philosophy. I mean, if it's a guy you want and you – because I will tell you, the Gibbs probably not going to last – past the early second rounds i think for most people that had him probably with the running backs that were coming out but he he's a stud but most most people had him projected like in the second round maybe mid second round third round so you i think you're right they took him in the first round that's what the surprise was i thought it was second but you're saying it was first round they took him uh, yeah, he was taken 12th overall okay. by the Lions. Yeah, that backfield is going to be very interesting. And, you know, if you, I didn't touch on it. I hadn't put it in the docket yet. Uh, but, you know, Campbell, you know, when he was talking to the media about a week or two ago, I mean, he went on claiming saying Jared Goff, he believes Jared Goff is a better quarterback than the guy that was with the Rams. That he's now, keep in mind. Campbell's the same guy that was pretty much throwing golf under the bus during the regular season in year number one that he was over there being like, hey, the quarterback's got to make better decisions. He's got to play better. He really challenged him publicly. And I and you know what? And I do believe he's right. I mean, from what I saw with, you know, golf last year, it's a guy I can say it this way. It's a guy that was humbled. You know, Cal playing football at Cal being the number one overall pick. Um, or top one or two he went over, uh, you know, in the draft. And then basically, and not only that, going to a Super Bowl with the team that drafted you, and then they're telling you after the Super Bowl to kick rocks, you're not good enough to be over here. We're going to go ahead and, and and pursue Matthew Stafford. So I think that contributed to a lot of golf of the game, slowing down for him, uh, him working on his craft and probably being more... Um, you know, reliable and probably a better leader because last year was supposed to be just them waiting and just getting rid of golf after like they were going to ride it out. Whatever happened, we're going to move on in 2023 and get our quarterback in the 2023 draft. Well, Jared Goff's play changed that last year. The success that Detroit had last year changed that. And for right now, I don't know how long that lasts, but he's your starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. 877 37 Grind. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Doseckis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. We'll be back.
2: When life sounds too much like this,
1: it's time to consider more of this.
2: Sometimes a little shift is
1: all you need.
2: A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New
1: York.